Section 26 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4 by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Irma Martin. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 4, translated by Richard Burton. Section 26. Three hundred and seventeenth night to three hundred and twentieth night. When it was the three hundred and seventeenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that while he lay asleep, behold, a certain thief, who had come out that night and prowled about the skirts of the city to steal somewhat, happened by the decree of destiny on the Nazarene's house. He went round about it, but found no way of climbing up into it, and presently on his circuit he came to the bench, where he saw Ali Shar asleep and stole his turban, and, as he was taking it suddenly, Zumarud looked out and seeing the thief standing in the darkness, took him for her lord, whereupon she let herself down to him by the rope with a pair of saddle-bags full of gold. Now when the robber saw that, he said to himself, this is a wondrous thing, and there must needs be some marvellous cause to it. Then he snatched up the saddle-bags, and threw Zumurid over his shoulders, and made off with both like the blinding lightning. Quoth she, Verily the old woman told me that thou wast weak with illness on my account, and here thou art, stronger than a horse. He made her no reply. So she put her hand to his face and felt a beard like the broom of palm frond used for the hammam, as if he were a hog which had swallowed feathers, and they had come out of his gullet. Whereat she took fright and said to him, What art thou? O strumpet, answered he, I am the sharper Jawan, the Kurd of the band of Ahmad al-Danaf. We are forty shoppers who will piss our tallow into thy womb this night from dusk to dawn. When she heard his words, she wept and beat her face, knowing that fate had gotten the better of her, and that she had no resource but resignation, and to put her trust in Allah Almighty. So she took patience, and submitted herself to the ordinance of the Lord, saying, There is no God but the God. As often as we escape from one woe, we fall into a worse. Now the cause of Jawan's coming thither was this. He had said to Calamity Ahmad, O sharper captain, I have been in this city before, and know a cavern without the walls which will hold forty souls. So I will go before you thither and set my mother therein. Then will I return to the city, and steal somewhat for the luck of all of you, and keep it till you come. So shall you be my guests, and I will show you hospitality this day replied Ahmad al-Danaf, Do what thou wilt. So Jawan went forth to the place before them, and set his mother in the cave. But as he came out he found a trooper lying asleep, with his horse picketed beside him. So he cut his throat, and taking his clothes and his charger and his arms, hid them with his mother in the cave, where also he tethered the horse. Then he betook himself to the city and prowled about, till he happened on the Christian's house, and did with Ali Shar's turban and Zumarud and her saddle-bags, as we have said. He ceased not to run, with Zumarud on his back, till he came to the cavern, 
where he gave her in charge of his mother, saying, Keep thou watch over her till I return to thee at first dawn of day, and went his ways. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and eighteenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that quoth Kurdish Jawan to his mother, Keep thou watched over her till I come back to thee at first dawn of day, and went his ways. Now Zumarud said to herself, Why am I so heedless about saving my life, and wherefore await till these forty men come? They will take their turns to board me, till they make me like a water-logged ship at sea. Then she turned to the old woman, Jawan's mother, and said to her, O oh, my aunt, wilt thou not rise up and come without the cave, that I may louse thee in the sun? replied the old woman. Oh, by Allah, O oh my daughter, this long time have I been out of reach of the bath, for these hogs cease not to carry me from place to place. So they went without the cavern, and Zumarin combed out her head hair, and killed the lice on her locks, till the tickling soothed her, and she fell asleep. Whereupon Zumarud arose, and donning the clothes of the murdered trooper, girt her waist with his sword, and covered her head with his turban, so that she became as she were a man. Then, mounting the horse, after she had taken the saddle-bags full of gold, she breathed a prayer. O oh, good protector, protect me, I adjure thee, by the glory of Mohammed, who Allah bless and preserve, adding these words in thought. If I return to the city, belike one of the trooper's folks will see me, and no good will befall me. So she turned her back on the town, and rode forth into the wild and the waste. And she ceased not faring forth with her saddle-bags and the steed, eating of the growth of the earth, and drinking of its waters, she and her horse, for ten days, and on the eleventh she came in sight of a city pleasant and secure from dread, and established in happy stead. Winter had gone from it with its cold showers, and prime had come to it with its roses and orange blossoms and varied flowers, and its blooms were brightly blowing, its streams were merrily flowing, and its birds warbled coming and going. And she drew near the dwellings, and would have entered the gate when she saw the troops and emirs and grandees of the place drawn up, whereat she marvelled seeing them in such unusual case, and said to herself, The people of the city are all gathered at its gate. Needs must there be a reason for this. Then she made towards them, but as she drew near, the soldiery dashed forward to meet her, and dismounting all, kissed the ground between her hands, and said, Aid thee, Allah, O our lord the Sultan! Then the notables and dignitaries ranged themselves before her in double line, whilst the troops ordered the people, in saying, Allah aid thee and make thy coming a blessing to the Moslems, O Sultan of all creatures. Allah establish thee, O King of the time and union pearl of the day and the tide. Asked Zumarud, What aileth you, O people of this city? And the head chamberlain answered, Verily, he hath given to thee who is no niggard in his giving. And he hath been bountiful to thee, and hath made thee sultan of this city, and ruler over the necks of all who are therein. For know thou it is the custom of the citizens, when their king deceaseth, leaving no son, 
that the troops should sally forth to the suburbs, and sojourn there three days. And whoever cometh from the quarter whence thou hast come, him they make king over them. So praised be Allah, who hath sent us of the sons of the Turks, a well-favored man. For had a lesser than thou presented himself, he had been sultan. Now Zumarud was clever and well advised in all she did. So she said, Think not that I am of the common folk of the Turks. Nay, I am of the sons of the great, a man of condition. But I was wroth with my family, so I went forth and left them. See these saddle-bags full of gold, which I have brought under me, that, by the way, I might give alms thereof to the poor and the needy. So they called down blessings upon her, and rejoiced in her with exceeding joy, and she also joyed in them, and said in herself, Now that I have attained to this. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the three hundred and nineteenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that quoth Zumarud to herself, Now that I have attained to this case, haply Allah will reunite me with my lord in this place, for he can do whatso he willeth. Then the troops escorted her to the city, and, all dismounting, walked before her to the palace. Here she alighted, and the emirs and grandees, taking her under both armpits, carried her into the palace and seated her on the throne, after which they all kissed ground before her. And when duly enthroned, she bade them open the treasuries, and gave largesse to all the troops, who offered up prayers for the continuance of her reign. And all the townsfolk accepted her rule and all the lieges of the realm. Thus she abode a while bidding and forbidding, and all the people came to hold her in exceeding reverence and heartily to love her by reason of her continence and generosity. For taxes she remitted, and prisoners she released, and grievances she redressed. But as often as she bethought her of her Lord, she wept, and besought Allah to reunite her and him. And one night, as she chanced to be thinking of him, and calling to mind the days she had passed with him, her eyes ran over with tears, and she versified in these two couplets. My yearning for thee, though long, is fresh, and the tears which chafe these eyelids increase when I weep. I weep from the burn of love, for to lover severance is decease. And when she had ended her verse, she wiped away her tears, and repairing to the palace, betook herself to the harem, which she appointed to the slave girls and concubines separate lodgings, and assigned them pensions and allowances, giving out that she was minded to live apart, and devote herself to works of piety. So she applied herself to fasting and praying, till the emirs said, Verily this sultan is eminently devout. Nor would she suffer any male attendants about her, save two little eunuchs to serve her, and on this wise she held the throne a whole year, during which time she heard no news of her lord, and failed to hit upon his traces, which was exceeding grievous to her. So when her distress became excessive, she summoned her wazirs and chamberlains, and bid them fetch architects and builders, and make her in front of the palace a horse-course, one parasang long and the like broad. They hastened to do her bidding, and lay out the place to her liking. 
And when it was completed, she went down into it, and they pitched her there a great pavilion, wherein the chairs of the emirs were ranged in due order. Moreover, she bade them spread on the racing plain tables with all manners of rich meats, and when this was done she ordered the grandees to eat. So they ate, and she said to them, It is my will that, on seeing the new moon of each month, ye do on this wise, and proclaim in the city that no man shall open his shop, but that all our lieges shall come and eat of the king's banquet, that whoso disobeyeth shall be hanged over his own door. So they did as she bade them, and ceased not so to do till the first new moon of the second year appeared. When Zumarud went down into the horse-course, and the crier proclaimed aloud, saying, Ho, ye lieges and people one and all! Whoso openeth store or shop or house shall straightway be hanged over his own door, for it behoveth you to come in a body and eat of the king's banquet. And when the proclamation became known, they laid the tables, and the subjects came in hosts. So she bade them sit down at the trays and eat their fill of all the dishes. Accordingly they sat down, and she took place on her chair of state, watching them, whilst each who was at meat said to himself, Verily the king looketh at none save me. Then they fell to eating, and the emir said to them, Eat, and be not ashamed, for this pleaseth the king. So they ate their fill and went away, blessing the sovereign, and saying one to the other, Never in our days saw we a sultan who loved the poor as doth this sultan. And they wished him length of life. Upon this Zumarud returned to her palace. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the three hundredth and twentieth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Queen Zumarud returned to her palace, rejoicing in her device, and saying to herself, Inshallah, I shall surely by this means happen on news of my lord Ali Shar. When the first day of the second month came round, she did as before, and when they had spread the tables, she came down from her palace, and took place on her throne, and commanded the lieges to sit down and fall to. Now as she sat on her throne, at the head of the tables, watching the people take their places, company by company, and one by one, behold, her eye fell on Barsoom, the Nazarene who had bought the curtain of her lord, and she knew him, and said in her mind, This is the first of my joy, and the winning of my wish. Then Barsoom came up to the table, and sitting down with the rest to eat, espied a dish of sweet rice, sprinkled with sugar. But it was far from him, so he pushed up to it through the crowd, and putting out his hand to it, seized it, and set it before himself. His next neighbor said to him, Why dost thou not eat of what is before thee? Is not this a disgrace to thee? How canst thou reach over for a dish which is distant from thee? Art thou not ashamed? Quoth Barsoom. I will eat of none save the same. Rejoined the other, Eat then, and Allah give thee no good of it. But another man, a hashish eater, said, Let him eat of it, that I may eat with him. Replied his neighbor, O unluckiest of hashish eaters, this is no meat for thee. It is eating for emirs. Let it be, that it may return to those for whom it is meant, and they eat it. But Barsoom heeded him not, and took a mouthful of the rice, and put it in his mouth and was about to take a second mouthful when the queen who was watching him cried out to certain of her guards saying bring me yonder man with the dish of sweet rice before him and let him not eat the mouthful he hath read but throw it from his hand 
So four of the guards went up to Barsoom and hailed him along his face, after throwing the mouthful of rice from his hand, and set him standing before Zumarud, whilst all the people left eating and said to one another, By Allah, he did wrong in not eating of the food meant for the likes of him. Quoth one, For me I was content with this porridge which is before me. And the hashish eater said, Praised be Allah who hindered me from eating of the dish of sugared rice, for I expected it to stand before him, and was waiting only for him to have his enjoyment of it, to eat with him, when there befell him what we see. And the general said, one to other, Wait till we see what shall befall him. Now, as they brought him before Queen Zumarud, she cried, Woe to thee, O blue eyes! What is thy name, and why comest thou to our country? But the accursed called himself out of his name, having a white turban, on, and answered, O king, my name is Ali. I work as a weaver, and I came hither to trade. Quoth Zumarud, Bring me a table of sand and a pen of brass. And when they brought her what she sought, she took the sand and the pen, and struck a geomantic figure in the likeness of a baboon. Then raising her head, she looked hard at Barsoom for an hour or so, and said to him, O dog, how darest thou lie to kings? Art thou not a Nazarene, Barsoom by name, and comest thou not hither in quest of somewhat? Speak the truth, or by the glory of the Godhead I will strike off thy head. At this Barsoom was confounded, and the emirs and bystanders said, Verily, this king understandeth geomancy. Blessed be he who hath gifted him. Then she cried out upon the Christian, and said, Tell me the truth, or I will make an end of thee. Barsoom replied, Pardon, O king of the age, thou art right as regards the table, for the far one is indeed a Nazarene. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 26